Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezot Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Hay in Maseches Moed Cotton on what was planned to be a very snowy day. Everybody already canceled, but Barry said, we're learning. I don't care. Well, I walk through the snow if we have to. And that's right. And that's close. We have, a, we have a, a good crowd today. Okay. So what were we talking about? Mashkin Beis Hashlachin. Right. We talked about the idea of the malachas that you can do on Moed Cotton. So we're going to start on the last two words on Daladam and Beis. And at this stage in the Mishnah, we talked about the repair and digging of these irrigation ditches. Okay. So the Mishnah had said that you can metak, that, that, the last things, the, the, kilkule hamaim, sharabim. Okay. So the Mishnah had introduced the idea of doing things for Tzorche Rabin. That's how our Mishnah end. Osin kol Tzorche Rabin, umetzainen esakvaros v'yotzin af alakelaim. They could do kol Tzorche Rabin, and we discussed what that was, um, what that was coming to add. So you have a need for water, right? This is obviously the time of wells, and you have your cisterns, and the cisterns have three stages of preparation. First, first is can you dig? Right, new water supplies. So that's already the highest level of tircha. And as we already discussed, on Moed Katan, on Cholamoid, we are trying to balance how much tircha are we going to be allowed to do here, right? Uh, relative how much need is there. That was the difference between a base of Baal and base of That's why Mashkin base of is the beginning of our Mishnah. The base of is something where you have to make an effort in order to preserve whatever fields you have. This is already talking about drinking water. So if you have drinking water, there's three levels. And the reason I'm giving this introduction is because what our Gemara picks up here is that our Mishnah is a little bit fuzzy, a little bit ambiguous. Our Mishnah is talking about um, uh, cleaning out the cisterns. And it's talking about a case of Tzarche Rabim. Okay, so what our Mishnah is basically saying is that you can clean out a cistern Tzarche Rabim. But there are levels of need and levels of effort, right, tircha on the fringes that it is not explicit about, and that's what we're trying to tease out. So just to, s- to explain what the levels are is as follows. There are four levels of need. There's a yachid and a rabim, and within each one, right, individual versus um, right, public need, there would be um, tzarech and eno tzarech. In other words, can you just give can you fill um, a cistern with water? So that may be, even if you don't need to, uh, if you don't have an absolute need, let's say it was a base of Baal, so to speak, uh, of cisterns. So that maybe, maybe, we had said already, with regards to actually watering a field, that's a different thing, and we equated it to Shvius, right, what we do by Shemitah. But with regards to drinking water and collecting it, so if you happen to have it, can you fill it? So that's the lowest level of Tircha. So that maybe you could do for the lowest level of need, which is a yachid she'en tzarech, a private person who doesn't even really need it, would be the lowest level of, of, of need. The highest level of need would rabim shetrichim. How far are you going to go when there's a tzorche rabim? So tzorche rabim, it's possible that you would even dig. That is, in fact, indicated also in the b'risa. So we'll see. When you have a great tzorche rabim, and levels of, the levels of effort are either just filling the cistern, cleaning it out, like cleaning the, du- the gutters, so to speak, would be the next level of effort. And the highest level of effort would be digging 
breaking new ground or digging, digging a new cistern. So for the greatest need, which is a tzorche rabim, so that you might even be able to dig because that's a real need, tzorche rabim. And, right, and if it's just to a yachid she'in tzorche, the, the least, right, uh, pressing need, which is just an individual who doesn't even really need it, so that we're not even go, going to allow to repair and clean it. We're not even going to let you clean the gutters for that. Even though it's not that much tircha, it's too much tircha to justify doing it for an individual who doesn't ever need it. So, but the thing is, some of the cases in between are what the Gemara are going to try to explain. So having laid that out, we say the following. So says the Gemara, Chatita in Chafir Alo. Right? So now he's going to try to say it like this. That for the Tzorche Rabim, well, it, our Mishnah had said Chatita, which means cleaning it out. That's the second level of effort, as we call it. So Chafira, which is like the third level, the highest level of effort, you can't do digging new ground. Right? So again, our Mishnah was ambiguous. Our Mishnah didn't explain which level of need it was. So Rabbi Yaakov saying in the name of Yochanan that if it's the highest level of need, right, that the Mishnah was talking about Rabim, right? Because it, it, it implies that it's for the, for the public. But it doesn't say if the public is in a, in a situation of dire need. If the, says the Gemara, according to Rabbi Yochanan, if the public wasn't in fact in dire need of it, then as we just discussed, even the highest, right, level of effort, which would be the actual digging of new ground, would be mutter. Says the Gemara, is it really true that if it was a public tzorech that you'd be allowed to dig? After all, the Hatanya, the Brisa says, so, again, the next two Bryces are just going to be playing around with all of these variables, and we're going to zero in uh, eventually by the, uh, right, by the bottom of the Yamud as to what we're actually learning, what we do and what we don't know. In this case, it's Chotetin. So you pay attention to the words, because the levels, everything matters here. So here, you're not digging, right? But you're not filling it. You're doing the middle level of effort, which is Chotetin Baruch Shichin Baruch Shal Yachid. So what you're doing is you're cleaning out. Second level of effort, you're cleaning out the caves, the ditches, and the me'oras shayachid, right, of the individual. Right, now certainly if you could do it for the individual, then you should be allowed to do it for, um, the, uh, for the public. And there it goes. The Bryce says explicitly that you can't dig for, right, you can't do the third level of effort digging the baruch shichin me'oras, right, of the rabim, and certainly, therefore, it would not be allowed to do that for a yachid. So, so the answer that I would have said, right, that we could already anticipate is, is this Brisa talking about, the only other variable we didn't discuss is, when it's talking about the public, for, so, so far it looks like a steerer, right? Because Rabbi Yochanan said that you can, in fact, dig the new cisterns for Tzorche Rabim. And here, the Brisa is saying, that you can clean it, but you can't dig it. And so therefore, um, what would be the only variable left is whether it's Rabim Shitzrichin or not, right? What Rabbi Yochan said is if it's a public need. Well, what if it's not a need? So says the Brysa, my love, Bishop Rabim Tzrichin Lahem. Now, is it not true that this Brysa is talking about when they need it? In other words, why would it be talking about when they don't need it? Says the Gemara, lo, Bishain Rabim Tzrichin Lahem. Right, so it has to be, in order to, right, 
reconcile the Bryce or Rabbi Yochanan, we just simply say the following. Rabbi Yochanan is saying that cisterns that are letzorche rabim, you can dig on Cholamoid because it's a true public need. The Bryce that says that you cannot dig, even for the rabim, is simply talking about a case where it's not really necessary. They have alternate sources of water. They don't really need it. Yes, it would be convenient to have another water station, but it's not absolutely necessary. And for that reason, the Brisa says that it's not allowed. Oh. So, so far, Rabbi Yochanan and the Brisa are reconciled. Now, the Gemara says, is, can it really be true, however, that that Brisa was talking because says the Gemara, the Chavasot Gabe Yochid. Yeah, but the parallel case here, right, is the case of the Yochid. And we said, if you're going to say that it's not Latzorech, so that means that the first case, is allowing cleaning for a Yochid that's not Latzorech, right? If the whole case is talking about La Latzorech, what comes out is that even a private individual who doesn't even need to do so is allowed to clean his cisterns on Cholamoid. Well, that we're going to see is going to be problematic. Says the Gemara. So in other words, once you say, that's a case where the rabbim don't need it. So then, So then, that would mean that the beginning of that price is talking about yachid that doesn't absolutely need it. And the question is, <clears throat> are we, are we going to allow him to do a second level, a private individual, we're going to let him do a second level effort when he doesn't even need it, right, to clean it out? So in a different b'risa, right, what we're doing is we're piecing together the b'risas. A second b'risa says that when you have the b'ris shechin ma'aros, a private individual is allowed to what? Fill it with water. The lowest level of effort. The second level of effort he cannot do. And repairing is the same level as, right, clearing. And so therefore, cleans and repairs he, an individual cannot do. And we see that the public can, in fact, clear it out and, and fix it. So what we have is, right, a situation where that when, when the yachid, right, that the yachid can, cannot cleaning out. You can't even clean it out. Oh, so if you can't clean it out, so then what are we talking about, right? So it says the Gemara, right? So, 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 that, so that seems implied, Right, again, the first Brysa said, so, so, so these are all the parts of the Brysas that aren't uh, explicit, right? So, so again, does it, does it stand to reason that a yachid that doesn't need it is allowed to, to do chatita? What we're going to end up showing here is in this case where we allow the chatita, we're going to see that it has to be, right, right there we say that he's, he cannot do chatita. Now the answer we already know is going to be that one is going to be Latzorach and one is going to be not Latzorach, potentially. But again, when a Yachid does not do Latzorach, then certainly we can't allow Chatita. So let's analyze now this Bryce so that it makes it sound like he can do Chatita. Let's, that, that he cannot, in other words, Bryce says he cannot, right? And the question is, what's the case for the Yachid? Sometimes he can, sometimes he cannot. So let's see. Right? So in the case where the yachid is allowed to clean out his gutters, that's when he has to do it, right? The chavasei gabi rabim. But then the parallel would be in that b'risa, where the rabim need it. However, in that case, we said the chafira is not, is not mutter, right? So again, the first b'risa said that ain't srichin, right? 
and then we said if ain't shrichin, so it must be that the yachid would not be allowed. But then we see that the yachid is allowed. So we say maybe the yachid is, is tzarech. But if the yachid is tzarech, so then it means that the rabbim are not allowed to do chafira. So we're trying to reconcile based on not the explicit, um, what the b'risa says explicitly, but based on what we don't understand, what is not written in the b'risa, we're trying to piece it together. So then would it be a case where the rabbim do need to, to um, dig, need the water and they're not allowed to do to the chafira? Shirabim tzrichin chafira mi'asr? And then we have another bri- par- portion of a brisa of Atanya, Boros, Shichin, Maros, Shiyachid, Konsin, Maimon, Right? The third portion of brisa that, we, that we're reading is that it says that Boros, Shichin, Maros, of a Yachid, you can in fact fill. That's true. That's always going to be true. Avalo, Vechotetin, Osan, and you can clean it. Avalo, Shafin, Etzid, So now we're splitting it up. Uh, right? So you can fill it with water. And you can clear them out, but you can't fix them. And we can't clear into them. Okay. And you can't smear them with lime. And Rabbim, not only can you smear them with lime, but you can even dig them. So wait a minute. So that's talking about, so, so there's a lot here in that brisa. That brisa is confusing because it splits up Chotetin Lesochan versus Chotetin Otan. That is already a separate issue, which we aren't really usually slicing and dicing so fine-tuned the exact activity, what would it mean to clear into them and clear them out, okay? Um, in fact, even the, the, the art scroll quotes that the meaning of the words is unclear. How often do you see on, uh, the art scroll say that when it says Chotetin Lesochan? What does it even mean? The Dikduke Sofrim deletes this Chotetin Latochan. So let's leave Chotetin Latochan out of this for now, cleaning into it. The basic uh, issue that the Brysa brings out of this is this last piece where it says, Vishel Rabim Chofrin Oson Vesadun Oson Besid. Whoa. So the end of this Brysa is saying that Vishel Rabim, you can in fact dig. So can you dig for the rabbim and can you not, right? That's how we got into this mess in the first place. Rabbi Yochanan said that when you have a tzorche rabbim, you can dig lecharchila. So now we're bringing different priests of brises that seem to say, some say you can dig, some say you can't dig. And what we're trying to fit in is, are we talking about a case of letzorech? And where we get into trouble is if you say that the only time you could dig is letzorech and all the brises that say that you cannot dig are talking about there is no tzorech, so the brises seem to say, well, if there's no tzorech, those brises mention that a yochid can clean. Well, the yochid shouldn't be able to clean if it's not letzorech. And so we're trying to uh, fit and mix and match the brises. Oh, so you say, kamaisa. the first brise is difficult because it contradicts the last brise. So what's going to be the, the, the terrets? So, Goranowitz wants to know, and by the way, we have a great Goranowitz Mr. moment coming up. So, but before we do that, housekeeping. Let's give the terrets. You ready, Barry? Taretz Hachi says the Gemara. Here's the here's how we're going to organize it, like this. This is how you read the first brisa. Chotetin Boros Yachid, right? You can clean out pits of a Yachid, right? Bishayachid Sarachlehem, but that's in the case of Tzarech. Vein Tzarech Lomar Bishol Rabim, and certainly that's going to be true that you can clean out ditches of Rabim, right? Now Kesher Rabim Tzrichim Lehem Dafilu Chafira Mutter. Right? That when you have a public need, 
then you're going to even allow to do chafira. Okay, so so far that's correct. Now, in the other direction, However, in the case when there is no public need, you're not going to be allowed to dig right? And certainly a yachid is not going to be allowed if there's no need, right? He's not going to be allowed to dig. And he's, right, because because if you have an individual without even a need, right, so he's not even allowed to clear it out, let alone, right, dig it, right? And therefore, um, if you look at the chart, what do we know for sure? That it sounds like we're all agreeing with Rabbi Yochanan, that it's Sarech Rabim, what, am I, what do I mean when I look at the chart? I made myself a chart. That was selfish, wasn't it? That was a Tzorich Rabim that I used for my own personal use. Uh, maybe I'll send it out to the chat. But I was just trying to organize my thoughts because there was a lot of levels of effort and then, and then levels of need. And so I was trying to piece together these brysos and then I, that's when I called Barry and I said, oh, you know what, Barry, it's going to snow tomorrow. And Barry says, I don't care, we're going. So then I had to work it through and make a chart. So the po- point is Tzorich Rabim uh, you're certainly going to be allowed to even dig, right? And Tzorich Yochid, a Yochid rather that Eino Tzorich, as we just said, is certainly not allowed to even, to, to repair and clean, right? Let alone dig. That happens to be what Abraham is saying, that, e- that when a Yochid has a Tzorich, then he's going to be allowed to repair and clean the cisterns. So that certainly would apply to Rabim as well. And when a Rabim don't have a Tzorich, we're not going to allow you to dig, and that's going to certainly apply to a yachid as well. So those are like the six cases, so to speak, that we know. Filling the cisterns is pretty much always going to be mutter. Digging is always going to be also, except if it's a tzorach rabim, right? And then everything in between, it's going to depend, right? If it's eno tzorach, you're basically not going to be allowed to, the in-between case of repairing and cleaning, right, is basically, I'm not sure what if you have a rabim, without a tzorich. That one, like when I filled out the chart, that one I wasn't sure. But certainly a yachid that ain't a tzorich is not going to be allowed to repair and clean. That's what we just said. And, and anybody who has a tzorich is in fact going to be allowed to repair and clean. To which, Amar Ravashi, Masnisin Nami Daika. This is also, uh, fits with the precise reading of our Mishnah because it says, Diktani, Oisin called tzorich rabim. Right? That is in fact our Mishnah. It says that you could do all public needs. Oh, that's what I just said now. As if a public need, it sounds like you can dig and clean and repair. What's kol lasuyemai? Lab lasuyechafira? Right? So you say, that might be, right? Ravashi is trying to make a diuk. He's saying that when it says that you could do kol tzorchet sibor, so it's telling you a big chiddush. The big chiddush that we just said now, that even digging would be allowed, even digging new, new cisterns would be allowed in a case where you have a big tzorchet rabim. However, the Gemara rejects that that's what the Mishnah said when it said, Osin Kolts Rabim. Rather, it says, Lo, La Suya No, that was not to include the case of digging for a Tzorch Rabim, but rather to include a different Brisa, which says, Yotzin Lakavitz as Hadrachim, that on Cholomoed, you can go clear the roads from thorns, Ulsakan as Archovasves Ha and to repair the roads and the market streets, Vilamod es Hamikvaos, to measure. The mikvah to see if it has enough forty saw, right? The mikvah shein bar saw, margim saw, and in fact, if it turns out 
that when you measured it, it's like we're doing the lamaisa, right? Because if you, in fact you measure it and it has less than our bayim saw, then in fact we are going to margilin lesocha. In this case, means we direct the water into it in order for it to have an our bayim saw. And where do we know, from where do we know that uh, if we, in fact, not only are we allowed to do these things, but if we, the, if we don't send out the shlichim to do all these things, then any blood that's spilled there is considered as if, right, the powers that be of that city had spilled it. Wow. That's a pasuk, right? Kol damim shenishbechusham says Rashi. He's going bekotzim shebedrachim, right? Rashi is addressing the issue of what what blood are we talking about here? Where's their blood spilled? And the answer is, you're doing city maintenance, right? Okay, you're also filling the mikvahs. You're doing a lot of different city maintenance issues, but among the things, you're making sure the cobblestones are level, right? You're making sure there are no thorns in the street. You're making sure that people aren't going to get hurt, right? You're trying to do some paving. If somebody gets hurt, it's on you. Meaning to say, not only is it a uh, practice that is mutter to send out these maintenance crews, but it is in fact uh, such an obligation that if something were to happen to somebody, it's on, the blood is on their hands, right? As we say, what the, what's the Pasuk over here? The Pasuk, it, it says, it says, that's a Pasuk really about judgment, right? It's about Bezdin talking about cases of Dine Nefashos, okay, that if you don't adjudicate, right, a case of Dine Nefashos, it's like blood spilled on your hands. There's a big social responsibility, if you call it, or a chryas, right? There is a chryas of a bezdin to make sure that everything's taken care of. But we apply it also to the maintenance crew. That there's also a civil duty to make sure that the place is maintained. And when do you do it? Cholamoid, when there's not a lot of traffic, people going to work, Right or and also there's a lot of ole regel, right? A lot of tra- a lot of traffic. There's not a lot of uh, there's a lot of weekend traffic, but not a lot of weekday traffic going to work. So you have the cholamoy people. You want to make sure that they're not going to get hurt. So you have to make sure you have the fo- follow the uh, you have the the uh, proper infrastructure. Like when a city gets awarded the Olympics, right? They they prepare with infrastructure to make sure that all the transportation and all the roads and all that you can have the infrastructure to, uh, to survive it. So not only is it mutter, but if you don't do it, you're going to be held culpable for it. Wow. Okay. Held accountable. Okay. Now, so this is all, uh, wait, now again, Ravashi, when he says that kol mai, we already proved that we can dig from the other Bryces. So now it's just a question of what did the Mishnah mean when it says, Osim kol tzorchei rabim. So Ravashi thought it was referring to digging ditches, or digging cisterns, as it were. The Gemara is saying, no, maybe it's talking about all the other maintenance issues. But that, says the, the Gemara, ha, behed katanila. But those cases were explicitly in the Mishnah, because the Mishnah actually said it, we read in the beginning of today. That is already explicitly mentioned in the Mishnah. So if that's already mentioned in the Mishnah, that can't be what the Mishnah is saying when it is trying to include even more when it says kol tzorchei rabim. So therefore, what are we trying to add? Be'osin kol tzorchei rabim asks the Gemara, la'asuye mai, lav la'asuye chavira? Is it not like what Ravash, the diyukah Ravashi? Shmami na, yes, it is. So at the end, 
we, Ravashi always seems to win. I mean, he's the editor, chief editor of the uh, Gemara. So Ravashi always, he's always going to have a, a decent diuk. He has a good chance. Your money, put your money with Ravashi. So Ravashi's diuk was, in fact, as they say, and therefore when it says, also in Kotzorcherabim, it's to emphasize this idea that wasn't explicit that you can actually dig an actual ditch if you have a Tzorich Rabim. Fine. So that is cisterns. Let's move on to marking off graves. Okay. So marking off graves was, it used to be a big deal. It's funny. We're going to see an irony here. You don't need to mark off graves in a cemetery <laughs> because there you already know that you're in a cemetery. So a coin's not going to go in, right? But the way they used to live, they would have to be careful with Tumantara all the time. And sometimes there, there you had what would be an unmarked right, grave and, or you have some sort of shash that there's a mace there with Tumas mace. Now, of course, to have Tumas Ohel, you would have to have a covering over it. And as we'll see, there's a certain shear, right, of corpse that would, um, that there are bonons set for Tumas Ohel. And we've already discussed this in other Masechtas, um, Baruch Hashem. But here we're talking about specifics of marking off graves. Says the Gemara. He wants to know, where do we learn this thing of marking off graves? Now, I'll give it away. There's a svara to marking off graves. We're going to see multiple sources, right? But it's kind of like a svara at the end of the day, right? That's why he's saying, remez mina Torah. Like, you don't really need to tell. Once the Torah teaches you that you shouldn't be Tomei, so then it's a matter of, prag- it's a pragmatic matter to know where the Tumah is, Right? But be that as it may, we're looking for a remez. That's why it's a remez for, for the Torah. So he says like this, That's, um, Andrew, you remember that from the 39th parak uh, of Yechezkel? He's talking about after Gog of Magog, right? We're going we're gonna to have the Geula uh, Shlema, and you're going to have corpses of Gog of Magog's army strewn all over the place. Whether Gogamago's army imparts uh, Tuma the same way is a whole shtick altaira over here, Le'ion, in its own right. But be that as it may. Who is Gogamago? Oh, Gogamago is, is that last war. The last war before Mashiach. Who's German? Oh, oh, you mean who would, who would represent? Yeah, who would, need, who would we need to fight today, Andrew, to get this done? Andrew doesn't know. All right, look into it. Andrew has homework for tomorrow. Okay, so he says like this. Okay, so that's one pasuk. So Ravina is asking Ravashi. Yeah, I understand that in Yecheskel it says that that's the source of being mitzayin the kvaros, right? But the question is, we are looking for a source from the Torah, from the Chumash, as it were, right? So why are you giving me Navi? We had, we must have had um, these tziyunim before. Right, so where I'm looking for an earlier source. So Ravashi explains to Ravina, You know, we have another case of this where it's anachronistic, where where Rav Chista says something, and he's referring to something where there's a source seems to be later in Yechezkel than you would think. You would think that there's an earlier source, and yet, as we'll see, it becomes just a remez ladaver as follows. What is he talking about in this case? The idea of a Kohen who, for whatever reason, ends up being an RL can't do Avoda, right? This would, this would be true, let's say, let's say his brothers, right? This is a hemophilia situation in the family. And for whatever reason, he's an RL. So he cannot do the Avoda. Okay, that's what the professional explainer is talking about here. 
So, how do we know that an RL, coin RL can't do the Avoda? Medivir Yecheskel ben Buzi Lamadnu. We learned it again from Yecheskel. How do we know? Because it says, Kol ben Nechar, Erel Lev, Ve'erel Basar, Lo Yavol Mikdashi. Straight up, you can't have a ben Nechar, okay. It has to be a coin, and he can't be uncircumcised of heart, which is one thing, right? Um, a bad dude, so to speak. But certainly, if he's physically an RL, then he can't do the Avoda. So the question there was, Well, that was Yecheskel Mebuzi who told us. But who said it before? In other words, it had, there were Kohanim working in the base of Mikdash before. So the halacha must have been already in place. So when was it said? It says the Gemara, Ella Gemara Gemiri Right? Gemara Gemiri That is halacha lemoshim Sinai. Tradition going back to Sinai. So what's this Yecheskel Psukim? Right, Yecheskel was referring to it. He gave it this Halacha Lemoshim Sinai, gave it teeth by mentioning it in the Pasuk in the Navi. But the fact of the matter is, this was a Halacha Lemoshim Sinai all along. So Achanami, so too it is like this with the Tsiyunim of the Kvaros, Gemar Gemirila. We had Halacha Lemoshim Sinai, Vasa Yecheskel, Vasmacha so that is basically what's going on, that Allah should be Sinai, the idea of Tzion Kvaros, and yet it is mentioned in Yechaskel. So if you're going to ask me what's the illusion in the Torah, so I'll tell you it's Allah should be Sinai, not really written in the Chumash, and Yechaskel comes in Navi to uh, emphasize it. However, this is not the only sheet on the Gemara. We have other sheetas here as to what the source might have been in the Torah as follows. Rabbi Yibau, Amar Mehacha. It says, Vitame. It says that for a Matsura, you should call out, right, Tame Tame. So who should do that? The Matsura should. Why should the Matsura, when he ter- finds out that he has Saras, scream out, I'm Tame, I'm Tame, why should he do so? So we see from here, like this. First of all, he's sending it out as a warning. So this is, again, a general idea. We'll say it outside first. A general idea that when someone's tame, they have to what? <laughs> when someone's infected, right? They have to let people know that they got the vid, <laughs> because other people have to know to be careful. You can wear a mask. So if you're in certain communities, someone's wearing a mask, it's a sign for sure that they have COVID. Or you could stay home and tell people, right? Or you can, you know, different people handle it different ways. The bottom line is, if you are infected then you should let people know. So, right, this is an example that resonates with us. So similarly here, if somebody has Tumah, he should let people know. Well, once we know that if somebody has Tumah, we should let people know, we apply it to the Tzion of Kvaros as well. That's what we're trying to say, right? In other words, we're saying, anytime there's Tumah, there has to be a warning. As follows, Tumah, Korolov, Right, we see here that whenever somebody is infected, so to speak, you have to tell people, keep away. So really it's a kind of a svara that from the fact that a Mitzora is going to have to tell everybody that he's Tame, we have a svara that when you have right, a Tziun, right, a, a potential mace, you have to create a Tziun in order, where there's potential Tuma, you have to create a Tziun in order to publicize, maybe if you're a coin or if you just don't want to be Tame, you have to stay away from here. Aha. Okay. Says the Gemara, 
Is that what it's trying to teach you? But we had a different brisa. You got to really know your brisas to know that tame tame teaches you something else. What's the other brisa say? But tame tame yikra. Same pasuk. What does it teach you? Wow. That in general, another lesson. When a person is inflicted with something, he should tell people. Why? So that people can daven for him. There's always a conundrum people have sometimes. Rachman al A person isn't well. So do they want to be added to the Cholom list? Do they want to not be added to the Cholom list? They don't want people to know. They're very private. But if people know, then they can daven for you. And that can be very impactful. So therein lies that issue of when you have, right, something going on, you should be able to at least tell people enough that the rabbin would daven for you. Shouldn't happen. But that is the other thing that you learn from Vitami Tami Kra in a an Abraisa, to which the Gemara responds, in Cain. If that is what it's saying, then it should have said Lichto Vitame Kra. Just the, the Mitzorah should just yell out. My Vitame Tame. Why do you have both? Right? The double Lushan where he says that Vitame Tame is screaming out. Why is he screaming out multiple times? Tame Tame. Shmas Minatarati. So we learn from this, responds the Gemara, right? Two things. Number one, that when a person is Tame, he should tell people so that they could daven for him. And also the first thing we said, that when a person is Tameh, he should not only tell... So again, a person has modern example, COVID. So there's two reasons why you should tell people. Number one, so people could daven for you so that you recover. And number two, so that people could stay away from you <laughs> and your family. Okay, so same two by the Tumah. Okay, so that is... Uh, that was all... Right, Rabbi Abo's source for why we mark graves. Abaya Amar Rahacha. We're getting really close to the Gavran Mitzvah moment. I'm, I'm getting excited. Abaya Amar, you're gonna love this one. Abaya Amar Rahacha. A different, a different source. Velifne Iver Lotzitain Michshel. Interesting, right? Rashi explains. Klamar Asu Davar Al Hatuma Shlo Yunichshalim Ba Nosei Truma Vitaros. In other words. We are very f- familiar with this concept of lifnei iver lotzitain michshol, right? That you're not supposed to literally put a stumbling block in front of a, a blind person. Now, that we already know doesn't just apply to blind people and stumbling blocks. It means whenever somebody is not in the loop, doesn't have knowledge, you're supposed to guide them. You're not supposed to take advantage of them. You're supposed to show them uh, the way, right? To the best of your ability. You're supposed to give directions, as it were. So, that would apply to this as well, right? With respect to Tumah, if somebody doesn't know, and and there could be Tumah all over this field, and you happen to know where it is, well, you better mark it off in order to guide people so as to where the Tumah is and is not, in order to guide them through this Tumah minefield, right? Rav Papa Amar, the Amar Solu Solu Panu So now we're, now this is like speed round. We're going to have a few Manda Amars quoting Sukkim from Chumash all over the place that teach you that you should have Tziyunim, right? So Abaye started with Lifnei Iver. Rav Papa says, Solo, solo, pano derech, pave, pave, and clear the road. Remove the obstacle from my people's path. These are Sukkim and Chumash. Right? Asher Yel Chuba. The path which they should go. Mazutra Amar vehizartem es b'nei Yisrael mitumasam. You, have, you should separate the what? One plus is Rishaya, says in the note. Oh, which one? Oh, the first one. I, I, I jumped the gun. 
Right, the Solu Solu Panu Derech is from Ishaya. Barry points out. Thank you very much. Barry on the ball. Unbelievable. That was a test. That was a test. Barry passed. The rest of you failed, Goranowitz. You weren't paying attention. That was from Ishaya. You would think that you would know the one that's from Ishaya. Not everybody knows that Goranowitz's first name is Ishaya. <coughs> oh, all you know is the Chesky Boozy stuff? Okay. Anyway, I did jump the gun. Sorry, Barry. So, so upon a dex from Ishaya. Rechino says, Harimu Mikshol Miderech Ami. That I think is from Chumash, right? <coughs> yeah, that's from. And, and then, and then, uh, no, that's not it. That's not it from there either. That's also, where's Harimu Mikshol Miderech Ami? That's also from Ishaya. I think. Um, or did we, is that from Yechezkel and Buzi? Where's Harimu Mikshol Miderech Ami? We'll find it. We have a whole bunch of psukim down here. I remember, um, Shmat Mishvatai, Amaisa Yisun, Miderech Ami. Solu, solu, pon derech Ami, make sure that it's the same pasuk. Ishaya, nun vav yodalim. Solu, solu, pon derech Ami, make sure Miderech Ami. Rav Chinen and Rav Papa, they twisted me around. They took one pasuk in Ishaya and split it in two. Isn't that amazing that they had a machlokus about which part of the pasuk is the part is the part that they're uh, referring to. Like they couldn't just say that it was the same Pasuk. Wow. You see the detail. This is a kind of a Goran with some moment. The wow. detail with which Chazal looked at these Pasukim. Like he didn't like Goran Goranwitz. There was one Pasuk in Yeshaya, yeah. like in chapter 5 million, really chapter 57. This reminds me one time I brought, uh, I, I had Rev, Rev Mordechai Willig Shlita and his wife, the Ramu. It was their 48th wedding anniversary, and I was driving them to the airport from, in Israel, and I had, like, status on United, and they were flying United, and they were, like, in seat 57. Wow. I didn't know there was a seat 57. I got them upgraded, not so much. I thought I had a lot of clout. I got them upgraded to seat 48, wow. and they were in Lichtegegeganet, and they loved it because it was their 48th anniversary, but I didn't even know there was a seat 48. I was like, oh, my God, they're happy to be in seat 48. But it shows you the Pashtas of the Willigs. They could have, like, there's a lot of people who go back and forth to travel business class routinely. If they're, you know, they're Rabbanim and if they're Meshulachim, Kavachomer, you know, they have, it's, it's understood that you travel business class. They were so happy to be in seat 48. You've never seen anybody be so happy to be in a seat that I didn't even know existed on the plane. Anyway, that's what I think of when I think of Perak 57 in Ishaya. And yet you have Rav Papa and Rav Chinana slicing and dicing this Pasuk. It's one Pasuk and they're discussing which part of this Pasuk is in fact the source of the tzion of the okay the rest of them here I believe is chumish right vodatan leitzaderch yel chuva is in sefer shmos okay vizartem bnei israel mitumasam is in sefer vayikra right and ravashi says shmartem is mishmarti right that's also over there the same uh, same territory in vayikra a few prokem later asum mishmeres to mishmarti that's already Famous, right? You have to make a safeguard for truma in that case. The context there is truma, right? So how are you gonna how are you gonna watch over and safeguard truma and making sure people don't become tame? Oh. Ravina Amar, Bisam Derech Ereinu Biyesha Elokim. This is already Tehillim. A person who sets the way, I'm gonna show him the Yeshua of Hashem. Very nice. In other words, it's a good thing to, to pave the way of Hashem. This is Rashi. I'm sorry. Zehasam or Chosav. Right. Hamachashev hefsed mitzvah kenegat schara. V'schara ver kenegat seda. 
Visham Kimo Shamin. Wow. That is Visham Visham Derech Ereni Beishalokim. It's incredible. I just mentioned Rav Mordechai Welig the Ramu. And he is one of the most calculating. Everything that there, he was a Rebbe, he is a Rebbe of mine. And you have to understand, when you see a Gadol, the way they act, everything is with a Cheshben. Right? Everything is for a reason. Everything has, has purpose to it. It's not just frivolous activity. So this is the Pasuk. When a person is, it's Vesom Derech, it is one way that we learn it. That you put the Tziyunim along the way. Visham Derech, right? When you put the dot on the back end of the sin, then it means Sham, as in, as Rashi explains, as in measuring. That's what the Gemara is going to say now. This is our Gorano Muslim moment. Measuring your actions, right? Measuring everything with a Cheshbon. See, let's look at the Hemshech here. Amar B'Shubin Levi. Kol Hasham or Chosav. Anybody who is what? Who's measuring, who does his things with Cheshbon. That's what Rashi over here said. Amachashiv Hefzid Mitzvah Kenegat Zchara. Right? What is everything? Not everything is clear cut. Some things have positives and negatives to it. You have to do a cheshbon to see which is the proper path. Ah. A person who does so, right? Zoche veroi bishuasa shal kadosh baruchu. You'll be zoche to see the issue of a kadosh baruchu. Shneamar v'sam derech atikuri v'sam ele v'sham derech areinu b'yeshay elokim. That's what Rashi that I jumped the gun on because I was so excited says. That's what it means. That when you are you will go in the proper path. And a story to that effect, to that Muslim. Rabbiani had a Talmud. Every day, during, this is amazing, during a shear, he would shepherd him. He would ask questions constantly during the shear, and he would challenge him all the time. However, how do you like that? On, when, on Shabbos and Yantiv, when Rabbi Yanai would give shear to a larger crowd, he knew that that wasn't the time and place to shepherd him and to disrupt the lecture because that was already a more public lecture that needed to flow with less questions. So, Kari Alei. How do you so, question? I mean, <laughs> what do you question? Do you that one really got on, I like that. What? What do you question? Everything. Like, like, you know what's going on. Like, he was curious. So, if you're in a more intimate setting, so then it's appropriate to ask a lot of questions, right? You don't, right? If you don't ask, uh, right? That's, that's sincere question asking. But if somebody, if, 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 uh, but if it's like a setting like this where I'm giving daf to like a thousand people, right? So, so Ellie Stefanski doesn't take questions. <laughs> it's like, don't get me started, Goran. It says, <laughs> it says, so he does take questions. That's the truth. Right, exactly, because it, you have to weigh it, right? This Rihanna appreciated that this Talmud, as we're at the Hayam and Bezer, he appreciated that the Talmud understood that if it's an intimate setting and you know you can ask questions, so then that's the time and place. But if it's a larger setting, it's a Tzircha Tzibura, you're going to be disrupting the lecture, and that's not the time and place for it. Therefore, Visham Derech Ereinu B'Yesha Elokim. So Rihanna applied this Pasuk to that Talmud, that a person should be measured. But you see, right, he liked asking questions, and he asked great questions. So it's not like he couldn't ask them at the public lecture. And you see by the fact that he asked the questions in one setting and not in another, that this guy was weighing the circumstance. Do you understand? That is the Garano, it's a Muslim moment. Because it's a time and place for everything. You have to know 
right, with a cheshbon, and act with precision as to what is the most appropriate thing for the appropriate circumstance. Okay, Vaita. And, and if someone tries to embarrass you, yeah. you should shut up and just walk away. Yeah, we learned that earlier, yeah? That would be, that's a great schar. If you're mevater al midosav, HaKash Baruch is going to mevater and give you tremendous Yeshua. Okay. Let's talk about different sources. Now we're going to get technical. Different sources of Tumah that require marking. Turn around. Ein mitzayin lo al kazayis min ames. We're going to discuss this price in some detail. So first we'll just run through it. You don't have to make a tzion if you have a kazayis of a mace. Velo al etzim kisa'ora. Not if it's the size of a corpse of barley grain. Velo al davrashen mitam be'oel. Not on anything that's not metam be'oel. We're going to discuss all these issues. Ava mitzayin al ashidra vala gugoles. But if you have enough of a spinal column and skull of a corpse, you have to make a tzion. And al rov binyan val rov binyan amaze. Or if you have the majority, in binyan here is the skeletal frame, right? Or a numerical majority of bones of a corpse. Wow, what's going on here? So let's see. And the Bryson continues, vein mitzayin al vados, right? Ironically, you don't make markers in a cemetery, right? If it's obvious that there's Tumas mace there, you don't need a marker, because then people know to stay away. Where you make a mark is where people don't know, so you have to show them that there's Tumahir, and here are examples. Branchy canopies, things that stick out, and a base of us, which will explain what it is. Okay? It's, okay, I'll give it away. It's a field where, the, where there were graves, and it was plowed over. It says the Bryce of, and you don't place it on, what does that mean? Of course, what do you mean? Where are you going to put it seen if not in a Malcolm Tumah? No, no, what it means is, you don't only put a tziyun that only, like, X marks the, marks the spot. In other words, a tziyun is supposed to be a visual aid that people know to keep it away. If you put it right on top of the tumah, that's too late. By the time you hit the tziyun, you've already gotten the tumah. So you need to extend it a little bit. That's what it means. So hafsid at taharis, right? Because people are going to come, they're going to, uh, they're going to have tahar stuff, and it's going to get tameh if you don't give them enough of a forewarning. Like, there has to be a sign that says tumah here. Tumah zone here, so they don't walk away. However, but you don't make the sign too far from the Tumah. Why? Fascinating idea. You don't want to waste any, any land in Eretz Israel. In other words, it's a balance like everything else. If you have it right on top of the Tumah, people are going to bump it to become Tameh, and all the Torah stuff is going to become Tameh. If you, if you say, I'm marking off this whole thing, you can't have any, nobody walk in here, there's Tumah all the way down the road, two miles away, you're taking away from the landmass of Eretz Israel. Ah, oh, because there's Tumas Mace. That's a yeah. great question. That I don't know. We're going to have to, we're going to still be talking about this tomorrow. So, Lee Nader will try to find out what the story is, right? There's a whole deal with doctors, obviously. Doctors have in the hospitals Mace all the time, and there's an yeah, OL there. Yeah, big issue. Okay, Chazais Mina Mace and Metan Oil. So, wait, so the first thing that the Bryce said was very surprising. The Bryce said that Chazais Mina Mace isn't Metan Oil. What do you mean? That's the sheer. We learned in the Mishnah. This is the like Aleph Beis of Olos. This is the first Mishnah in the second parak. Elushim Metan Beol Kazayis Min Ames. But a Kazayis Min Ames is in fact what's Metan Beol. I'm a Rav Papa now. How come a Kazayis Mitzumtzum Askinon? The Sof Sof Mixer Chaser. Yeah, if it's an exactly Nalos volume and it was like a fresh corpse, so then then it's going to be a little bit decayed, and so that is what it's teaching you that that's going to get a little bit shrinkage, and therefore it's going to become less than a Kazayis. So, and therefore, we say, that's not going to be time of all. Why? Because it's a balance, right? Muta v'yisrufu alav truma v'kachim l'fishah, v'al yisrufu alav 
La'olam. In other words, the Truman and Kachim are going to be burnt over for a short while because it hasn't yet been decomposed. But you're not going to want to say forever, right, that we need to burn this Truman and Kachim and therefore we're not going to impose this Tumas oil forever because, just because of the fact that it was once Kazayas because we know already now that it's not. Oh. And now the Gemara says the next section of the Bryce of Elo ain't as fake or schachos pro. So what is it talking about with this base of pras, branchy canopies and protrusions? Schachos, Elon and Mesa Chalaritz. That schachos is branchy canopies that's like overhanging trees. Pros, Savanim Perusios, Protrusions is stone that extend out of a wall. And base of pras, kiditz nan. Base of pras, we learn in the Mishnah, that's the 17th parak of Olos. This is not a Dafyomi coincidence, this is an art scroll coincidence. Because note 17 refers to the 17th parak of Olos. Where it says a chorish, it's a kever harayu also base of pras. That if you plow over a grave, you're gonna. That's what makes a field a base of pras. Base of pras literally means field of fragments. Bechama uose melo mana ama. A furrow's length, which is 100 amos from the grave. In other words, this is a crazy thing. Your chorish kever. Now, why would you be? Why would you plow over ke, uh, graves? The only reason you would do so is if you don't know. Or we'll see. Says the Gemara, base of pras oil. Does the base of pras actually transmit to us oil? After all, right? We have a brisa that says that uh, the name of Yehuda Mishmuel that when you're walking on a base of pras, you can just kind of blow and make sure that you're not stepping on any bone fragments, and then you can walk through it. bar ami that if you have a trampled base of pras, so already then it's all smoothed out. Obviously, that's not going to be have Tumas Ohel. So why are we saying that it has to be marked? Says the Gemara, Papa, lo kasha. Kan bakever, kan bakever. So those are two kinds of, right, base of pras, two kinds of fields. When you say you need a tziyun, you're dealing with what? The grave was lost. In other words, we know that there's a grave in there that's intact. We just don't know where it is. So there you have to mark it off where you already plowed over the whole thing, so that's where you apply this concept that a plowed over field doesn't, uh, doesn't impart this to soil. Yeah, but the thing is, if it's just lost, base of pras meant that we are actually plowing over it. So that doesn't mean an intact field that has a lost kever. Those are two different things. Would we call it base of pras if all that was done was that we had a lost kever? The Gemara says, in, yes. Vatnan, as we have in the Mishnah, this is not really a Mishnah. It's actually a collection of Mishnayos that we put together to look like one Mishnah. You have to look at all of Shlosha Beis Apras that there's three types of scenarios where we call it a Beis Apras. One is Sadash and Eved Bakever, where you lost the Kever. Sadash and Echorash Bakever. The other is our field we're talking about plowed over. Ustei Pochen, in a whaling field. And we're going to explain what is this Sadash Maftirin Bamesin, right? The Sada where people are uh, crying that they used to do in the case of Avelos, they used to have an area, right, like we have today in like Saul Levinson. So they used to have that out in the field. So we'll continue tomorrow, 12 lines down from the bottom on Hey Amid Days.